Welcome back to an episode of Spectator Mode. As always, I'm Neil Striebig. With me, of course, is Donald Double D DeCray. So today we got a uh, we got a couple interesting couple. We got a six pack of uh, items to go through pretty quick today. Uh, a good mix of game pop culture. Uh, I honestly like the one we're gonna end on, but uh, you know, without <laughs> delay, kind of jump into the rundown a bit. We're gonna talk a little bit of James Gunn, where he stands with Guardians of the Galaxy, his new endeavor with. Uh, the DC universe. We're going to talk a little bit about star Wars again, this time in the gaming world, a couple of new titles in the works already there. Uh, some more blizzard news, surprise, surprise, uh, union busting this time, not mega, <laughs> mega blockbuster deals. Oh, yeah. There's a new Pokemon game out. Not sure if y'all heard about that, but we'll dive into that for a little bit. We got some esports uh, movement, actual kind of purchasing mergers, some big news there as far as uh, who owns who. And then bringing it back around to uh, Lord Disney, the new Sith Lord in town, and uh, Minnie Mouse's new outfit. New Sith Lord? <laughs> um, that's I'm going to refer to Walt Disney from now on. I don't think there's anything new about them being Sith, but I think that's, yeah, sure. <laughs> that's where we're going to end. But uh, kicking things off, we do have Guardians of the Galaxy has been confirmed to be James Gunn's last outing as the director. Um for the Guardians. And in fact, he even went so far as to say that this would be the last time we would be seeing this incarnation of the Guardians. So we're expecting if they continue the franchise, which they probably will, we're going to see new characters inheriting the title, which will be interesting because we haven't seen that happen yet in the cinematic universe of like either characters or teams changing members, inheriting new titles. I think this is all expected. But it hasn't been confirmed until now that that's going on. And we know Adam Warlock is a character that's going to be coming up in the new one. So some good things to look forward to there. And James Gunn's attention is going to be instead dedicated to his Peacemaker series on HBO Max, which is obviously his DC spinoff of Suicide Squad, which he only got involved in because he got temporarily fired from Guardians of the Galaxy. And that's <laughs> he took Suicide Squad as his project when he was taken off Guardians. So... I mean, good things for James Gunn, I guess. And I look forward to seeing maybe what they do with the Guardians and how they shake that up. Yeah, I mean, he's well-liked in the nerd community. I'm not his biggest fan or supporter. I mean, as far as I'm not a fan of cancer culture either, but I do think James Gunn's maybe one that uh, maybe shouldn't be working in Hollywood anymore. Um, <laughs> this is my take. But wow, that's harsh. The people that like like work with them, they seem to like him. Um, he doesn't do as much fan service as, you know, uh, Brian Singer with the X-Men movies. Mm -hmm. I think he does a nice blend of getting new fans hooked in with the movies, making them fun rides. We saw the new Suicide Squad. Of course, we saw that with Guardians. Even the Guardians 2, I think, was a little bit of a letdown, especially with timing of that and how it kind of mixed in the MCU. It uh, that's interesting you was say much that. more of a standalone fun film. And I think that's kind of how all his stuff is. I mean, even peacemakers kind of thing. I, I think it's, I want to be harsh and say he's a one trick pony, but in a way <laughs> he kind of is. Cause it's like, okay, you have one or two yeah. fun rides, but how far can you really take that then? It's, it's I mean, kind of and I don't know if that's thing. wrong per se. Cause like even James Gunn, I think his voiced concern. Cause he, he's quoted as saying that third films and trilogies, most trilogies suck. You know, he's hoping that's not going to be the case, obviously with his, ending of guardians here mm -hmm. um and kind of like what he said in interviews and stuff like that he's going for like a very dark tone he's definitely looking at bringing storylines to a close for the most part for the current guardians and stuff like that so i think he kind of has a lot to accomplish i i 
don't know if I feel like he can really bring a very dark tone to things because everything with him feels very tongue in cheek in general, which yeah, I think worked for like Star Lord so. and stuff like that. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. I just don't. I'm not convinced that he can pull off what he's describing as his goal. So I guess it'll be interesting to see and see where the DC stuff goes as well for him because like DC, I think, has been struggling I- as well. Yeah, I think it's at least DC for him with the violence and the humor. He does do a good job with that. I think it's a better fit for him. But I, I think with the James Gunn bit too, it's one of those things where Disney clearly went for the money and the safe bet rather than sticking to the morality guns, which we've seen quite a bit, which oh. I think is a bit funny. And again, I'm a big critique of MCU and Disney basically being uh, not exactly the social justice cars they pretend to be. Well, I guess we'll get a background to that in a minute. Um what else you got for me? Respawn is announced. Uh, they're working on three Star Wars games. Uh, news came out earlier this week. For the, all that don't know, Respawn does do the Battle Royale Apex Legends, but in the mix is supposed to be a sequel to Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Uh, I think that's the last big Star Wars title that came out. Battlefront 2 a little bit before that, which was a huge letdown. And then, of course, uh, Knights of the Old Republic was remastered, re-released, on the switch and i think maybe no was it just on the switch if i'm not mistaken i might be a pc port i uh, don't know if it's on a ps4 or xbox one but either way three new star wars games in the works including the sequel uh, pretty big news what do you think yeah i mean i'm excited that we're getting more star wars games i think star wars video games in particular have been very hit or miss in terms of there's such a uh idea i think in people's heads of what a star wars game should be like with lightsaber battles and everything else going off and some games do a decent job delivering on that, and some games really miss the mark, and they end up feeling like games that just have a Star Wars skin or like veneer painted over them, so to speak, as the backdrop, right? Where yeah. they're capitalizing on the name more than anything else, rather than giving us like an actual Star Wars game. Now, Respawn has had success with Apex Legends. I think they've done well recently, so I think there's a lot to hope for. Um, at the same time, you know the troubled history of star Wars games makes me cautiously optimistic. I think signs point to being good things all around the fact they're tackling three at a time. I'm not so sure about, but you know, I, I think I, I will let myself hope for the best in this case. I mean, I think even if one out of three, even if a phone order sequel is say three quarters of as good as the first, I think one, that's a win. I mean, if they give a battle Royale mix, which is very possible, I mean, mm-hmm. I just got an Apex Legends. I enjoy it quite a bit. First Battle Royale. Um, I mean, I, I like it a hell of a lot better than Fortnite. It makes a lot more sense. <laughs> but I think just from the sheer volume of characters it could mix in a Battle Royale with Star Wars, I think I would make it for the battle, uh, Battlefront mistake. And uh, I'm sorry, Star Wars Squadrons was the last Star Wars game, which go. honestly I loved. EA Sports killed that. Uh, as far as, you know, the Starship battles, Star Wars, because I think it's kind of, Star Wars is three universes, right? It's How do you, think you know the, the, the prequel, uh, the spaceships, the and... spaceships, and you know star battles. Okay, so you got you know X wings, Tie fighters, the Jedi then assist. So you got lightsaber battles, and then okay. you have basically the space cowboy nonsense, which is you know Boba Fett, Han Solo. Which I shouldn't say nonsense because that's a super exciting part nonsense. as well. But it's the bounty hunters and the smugglers, and it's the corrupt kind. Yeah, of, I mean it's you know, the economies. wild west in space is what it is. You're right, exactly. So I mean those are the three kind of sectors. So those are like three good portions to get any sort of games out of. Whether it's Battle Royale, whether it's a Starfighter like Star Wars Squadrons, which I really, I wish they would have added more DLC to that because that game is so much fun. I, I think they shot themselves. Talk the about it. You've said good coming things. out of it and saying like this is all it's going to be, and fans didn't really jump to it. But again, 
Starfighters are kind of a very niche gaming and they've kind of been kind of dead for a while. I think though, too, I mean, talk about nineties PC, early two thousands really <laughs> kind of died, you know, I guess but, so. Uh, no, I mean, I'm excited. And we get a Boba Fett game or yeah. something. I think that'd be kind of cool. I mean, that, I'd love more PS2 Boba days. in my life. Yeah. Uh, whatever. <laughs> we could talk about Mandalorian too, at some point, cause I'm finally watching those. But um, speaking of video games and video game companies uh, in other news, we've got, the QA department at Activision Blizzard tried to unionize, and so they just asked Blizzard to voluntarily recognize them, which is the easiest way to go about this, avoiding the votes mm-hmm. and everything else. And Blizzard, for their part, was like, no, we're not going to do that. <laughs> and so they turned around and they've started this thing where they're basically embedding QA analysts in separate departments and teams, which is like a legitimate business model from what I'm reading researching i don't know this for a fact i don't have experience in the industry but apparently this is like a thing that's been done in other times other places and is you know not bad by itself but the timing seems suspicious because it's literally right after they asked to unionize that they're going through this restructure so i don't know do you think that this is a, a play to not let them unionize i mean it's definitely a play not to let them unionize uh, i mean talking about just in your mind clear cut is that just definitely not there's no well i mean it's we've seen it across the board and not just in you know activision blizzard and gaming there's been a lot of union busting going around i mean uh in my profession journalism there's a lot of newsrooms that have been trying to get unions and you know we're seeing some grounds met with that but um you're talking about general mills and everything else too i mean there's a bunch of industries that are trying to unionize and i met with resistance so mm-hmm. i think from a cultural and socioeconomic standpoint, that's nothing new. It's new in the sense of we haven't seen as much coverage and serious coverage in video game industry, but on the verge of the mega deal at Microsoft, I mean, I think it's still a black eye and it makes you wonder then too, where's this going to go? I mean, it's still a good acquisition for Microsoft, but it's still very much, we talked about last episode is a bit of, you know, PR from Activision Blizzard's point of view to kind of hand over the mess to somebody else and they can kind of chug a log and, you know, do some impasses with the unions and see where it goes until this is basically completely in Microsoft's hands, which I think we're going to see. But yeah. that unfortunately leaves everybody else that's involved with the testers and actual workers is they're going to be in relatively shitty work scenarios for quite some time. Which yeah. Sucks for them, but that is the business side of these things. And, and that's the tough part to where we kind of forget that, you know, there's still human beings trying to make a living and work and enjoy what they do. And have work-life balance. Well, and that's, I think, the real bottom line is remembering that a lot of people who especially get into things like video games and the industry as passionate as we are, they're just as passionate about the content that they produce. They want good things to be produced by their studio. They want to enjoy what they do. And like as consumers as well, not just as producers, but as consumers enjoy what they produce. It's just because there's so many people who want to be in that industry there's not much incentive, I think, for employers to really look out for their employees. It's just very easy to replace people. So I'll be very curious following the story to see, for example, how many people end up getting laid off during this restructuring and stuff like that, which could directly harm unionizing efforts because of this move. And I really think that the overall gaming industry, at least from the lot of stories that have been breaking recently and stuff, there's just as a, a very severe culture issue that needs to be addressed. And I don't know that unionizing is necessarily the best way or the only way to address it but it's definitely one way to get at that so you know i support the efforts that they're making uh the workers are making to have a better situation for themselves everyone needs some employment protection i mean that's the 
reason unions existed and uh, exist still, uh, even though we don't see them at the same clip as we did, you know, yesteryear. I mean, next on the list, we got new Pokemon game coming out. I'm going to give this one to you because I always butcher the title of the game. So really Pokemon Legends Arceus. Yeah, see, there I would. Go. I, I, can, I can get that word. Don't give me names. Give me, I would like, add. A, I would add a constant in there. <laughs> People names, not my thing, but video game name, sure. Oh, sure. Pokemon Legends Arceus has released for the Nintendo Switch. Uh, reviews are out, generally favorable. I think for the most part, uh, it doesn't really achieve the sort of open world design that I think a lot of people were expecting. It definitely has zones that, through which you play, and it has. You know, they're they're larger zones. You can explore them. So it's more in that vein of things. Graphics wise, it's similar to like a Breath of the Wild kind of thing. Uh, But it has received criticism, I think, for the graphics and the quality of them, considering it's a new title release. And I think we've seen screenshots even of it compared to like Breath of the Wild, which released several years ago and Oblivion and stuff like that of like just it doesn't look the best. I think that's a fair criticism that's being leveled against it. But overall, the game system seemed like a good one. What do you think? I mean, I, I think it's funny when Pokemon games get some criticism because it's kind of a tried and true formula. This one's branching out. So it's like, okay, now this is the first open world Pokemon game, but right away we're going to bash it. And it's, it's not bit... truly open world, right? Yeah. So, yeah. And it's also too like, how many times have we talked about Switch graphics on here and people being too harsh? And it's like, the switch is what it is. It's it's a system that's designed to basically plug and play. You can play on the move, and it's not supposed to be completely high definition, you know, 70-inch TV on the screen per se. You can play games that way, but I think sometimes people get too hung up on graphics, and I don't know. I don't think that makes or breaks a game as much, in my opinion. It's like, okay, I'm buying a Pokemon title. I'm buying it because I want to catch Pokemon and explore a world. I don't necessarily care how the graphics are. They can be eight out of 10. They can be six out of 10. I mean, Christ, last one I played, I think was X and Y on the 3DS. Really? And, wow. I mean, not exactly great graphics there. It's basically just a game boy. <laughs> it's the same thing as red and blue. It's just a little bit updated 3d, you know, animation and colors. I'm not sitting there blown away. Like, Oh my God, this mega evolution. This is the coolest thing I've ever seen in my life. No, it's Pokemon, man. It's just, it's a turn-based action game. I don't know. I feel like I've got mixed feelings about some of the things you're saying in the sense of like technology is better. You're really telling me that they can't offer more visually engaging titles. Cause I think we see it in other games that come out. I, even to the color palette from what I've seen of screenshots of the game seems rather muted and not mm. really like there's a reason for that per se. They could definitely go uh, with a little we... more splashy. You know, oh, we spoiled though too to where like we hear open world and there's so many games like that. Then we expect it to basically be on the page of a Breath of the Wild or uh, even a Fallen Order, like I just yes. talked about, or Red Dead Redemption, where it's yes. like, okay. And it's but standards when have has been a Pokemon set. game ever really delivered Stan- anything like that? Look, I'm not the saying first that time they're stepping out. So you're, I mean, it's what we give them credit for the effort. Like the standard has been set. You know what I mean? Like yeah, it's Pokemon. Just, just yeah, because ah, it. this is this is like saying that you could take like Final Fantasy's the original graphics today and release a game with those graphics oh. today and be like, oh, this is totally good. Actually, those probably would be fine because those are Pixar. <laughs> take like Final <laughs> Fantasy Seven with its yeah. really funky polygons and stuff like that and be like, oh no, this is an art style that we have chosen. Uh, to pursue for like whatever no like that's just baloney no one would buy that technology has improved standards have raised get up to snuff i get it but pokemon's like super mario like no one's gonna sit there and like judge a super mario game if the graphics aren't up to snuff 
Yeah. I mean, I'm sitting here doing it. What do you tell you? I mean, I will say the game's not targeted to me, though, right? Like, Pokemon remains targeted to younger people. It's never been meant to be made nearly, I think, as deep as it is with EVs and training and everything else, like breeding for special moves. And it's a whole, you know, disposition. Like, like there is a whole depth to competitive Pokemon that I don't know that the creators ever really intended. And none of that really comes through in the games in the sense of the games are meant for kids. So the yeah. only, that's the only justification I'll take for some of this stuff is like when I talk about star Wars with people and, and people criticize certain things, it's like, you know, George Lucas has made it very clear. The movies are for the kids. And if there's things that I don't like because I'm an adult with adult sensibilities, that's kind of my problem. You know what I mean? So I will maybe relax a little, a little on some of this stuff. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Speaking of relaxing a little, though, this is, uh, I think, one that's got you uh, a little hype, though. There's uh, eSports oh, yeah. takeovers. Yeah, definitely. This one, this one's got me tickled a little bit because uh, the social justice warrior in me comes out. Um, ESL <laughs> and by extension, all the tournaments, DreamHack and everything else that they host and a tournament platform called Faceit have been bought by a Saudi Arabia holding company. The holding company is known as the Savvy Gaming Group, which is a subdivision of Saudi Arabia's public public investment fund. So, you know, it's 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 one of those things that like the holding company has like this nice little tagline that like their uh, mission is to drive long term growth and development of games and esport industry worldwide. Wonderful to hear, but at the end of the day, like. They're holding company. They're in it to make money. They're not really there to, like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know that they care as much as they're going to pretend. And they belong to Saudi Arabia. You know what I mean? Like, Saudi Arabia isn't known for making the most concerned about people (laughs) decisions in the world. So I think there's some red flags here for me that one of the largest esports organizers has just been bought by one of the more questionable, perhaps, um global economies holding companies i don't know how i phrase it exactly but you get what i'm saying yeah yeah no it's i mean they also purchased newcastle united a big football club in england um i think united is in second tier now i don't think they're in first uh tier in the epl <laughs> they were for a while maybe they got back um so i mean it's, it's not their first endeavor into high profile sports but to your mm-hmm. point it's kind of you know pay to play in a lot of ways you buy a team you inject cash and soccer especially you basically just have your own capital to spend on players you're not exactly playing necessarily by the rules space your deep pockets allow you to get better players uh i'm not sure how it all plays out in esports it seems to be very much the same way so in this sense is that going to cause issues but at the same token we do know saudi arabia uae with those deep pockets and all the money and investments in there, there's no shortage of entertainment. I yeah. Mean, talk about Formula One and F1 tracks and everything else. Like, oh, for sure. They've been making moves I, all over. That could be a positive in the sense of exposure. But yes, there are question marks then too to, you know, how are they going to treat people, fairness? Well, there's still a lot of sexism in gaming already. So I think, well, because for me, it brings up two issues. And the first one is one, are they like everyone's entitled to make money off of their business assets? That's not my issue, right? My issue is are they going to be making 
decisions that hurt the industry in the long run that are detrimental to the industry, right? And ESL has been a very big part of esports coming to the larger world stage and being taken seriously with the events they've organized with CSGO, Dota, and more. That, like, I have concerns that they're going... Now, how involved the holding company will be? Because they are a holding company. They're basically just the money behind the business. Maybe they're not going to be so involved. And then I, my fears might be misplaced in that regard. But <laughs> that is the fear that they will get involved to make money and end up driving things into the ground in a certain fashion or for short term games, long term losses kind of deal. Right. And the second thing is, I think there's a real criticism here of image control on Saudi Arabia's part of like, hey, we're going to buy into a bunch of these different industries, soccer, indie, you mentioned they built a new track for them uh gaming now of like hey like look at all these really nice things that we have and that we do for people and everything else ignoring everything else that we do and try to basically you know here's the shiny object to distract you don't look at the man behind the curtain kind of deal and you know let's talk about i think there's a place to talk about maybe saudi arabia as a country and what they're doing especially when they're investing in uh things which you know concern me or my interests so I don't know. Doom and gloom with me all the time. I guess it is. <laughs> no, speaking of I mean, doom of gloom and uh, I mean, concerned with my interest flipping the table here. <laughs> uh, Mini Mouse has a new outfit uh, announced today. The whole public unveil will be released in March. But good old Minnie Mouse is getting rid of her uh, bow tie or her ribbon in her hair and bow in the polka dot dress for a pantsuit. That, <laughs> yeah 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 i mean i don't know how else to really spin it i mean it's something I know when weird I think about, you gotta like, see the pictures sexy i think pantsuit but uh i think that's also too the whole thing is they're not trying to go over sexualized supposed to be kind of boss mini mouse but it is designed by british fashion designer stella mccartney so you know it's top line uh artist right there <laughs> i'm being super rude on this one yeah, you really are. You're going in on. I mean, I'll be honest. I think I'm it's not stupid I'm, that it's news. I really do. I, I don't. Hate that, I, like, this type of stuff gets so much traction. But uh, it's well, you know, the it's, quote. This is the quote from McCartney to CNN <laughs> in a video. She goes, "Minnie has always had a special place in my heart. We share the same values. And what I love about Minnie is that she personifies happiness, self-expression, authenticity, and she <laughs> plus she has such great style." Right, because like, her. Does anybody really think Minnie Mouse and all that like just her stop. style? Just stop. I mean, look, it, it's fair to say that Disney characters hold a special place in many people's hearts, and people do feel strongly about them. Uh, when I saw the pictures, though, I did not think pantsuit. I thought pajamas. I'm gonna be real honest with you. <laughs> like, yeah. I think it's like a nice looking outfit. I kind of like the blues and stuff. Like, they're definitely trending away from the like super cutesy girly. Uh, mini that we had before and in some ways i think that's good and you know not a bad thing by itself you know because i think we've had uh it's like the joke that's made in D D a lot of lizard people do you know what i'm talking about lizard people in boobs you heard yeah. this before yeah 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 of, and it's like oh we have to like obviously or or over sexualized characters or over feminized characters to convey that this is a woman, right? Like this isn't just any lizard. This is a female lizard or like whatever the fuck it is. Yeah. It's like super feminine, super girly. So it's nice to see that there's a different expression of what femininity could be or what it means to be a woman. And, and I, it's nice to see that it's coming through many. So I have no issues with a lot of the stuff that's going on here. I just don't think it's that great looking of a redesign to begin with. Like I said, they look like pajamas. <laughs> this look like a suit. I, yeah. I don't know. Like, 
I guess my, this is in my, my very my hate on it fashionable. and hot. It's just like <laughs> it's just silly. Like I don't think Minnie Mouse. It's she's not a pop culture icon the same way anymore. I don't know. Like it's kind of just like it's the whole Eminem thing and people getting up on arms and that. It's kind of like okay, cool, but like, is it really going to change anything? Because, <laughs> I mean, well, did like, she have any fashion many, though? But <laughs> well, that's my point. Like, how many <laughs> did times she have like one Mouse outfit or Mickey Mouse or Goofy or any of those guys? actually in the same outfit like all the time with all the new content like yeah back when we were kids yeah they kind of had the same outfit pretty much all the time same thing with the muppets but nowadays like there's gonna be episodes with her wearing a pantsuit that doesn't look like pajamas and like showing a different type of femininity so to me it's like i don't understand if we need to grandstand it when it's like it's stuff's already happening in current content anyway and changing all of those so are you feeling this is more virtue signaling than genuine absolutely it's disney and bullshit of course it is man <laughs> Yeah, I'm. I'm not sure. I disagree uh, in that regard, at least, because like you said, like it, it, no issue with the changes being made and stuff like that. Do it in the shows and everything else. I don't know that you have to do a special, like it. It, it is like a special write up, like CNN style article on Minnie Mouse and Stella McCartney, and it's this whole thing. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's, it's a, a whole to do of know. like, oh my god, look, she's not dressed super girly, like, yeah, like. If it was Barbie, okay, because like that's has a different place in culture and is it does pop culture history to the doll and the influence it had on you know young women and growing up and even just and on fashion boys too that wanted to play with Barbies. Yeah, you know? and like, fashion like Barbie reflected absolutely the fashion of her time, like the clothes that came with her, the way you dressed her, like that was a big part of Barbie as a product. Mm-hmm. Where like Minnie. What I, again? Like, what's her fashion? <laughs> yeah, what exactly. outfits have we seen Minnie exactly. in over the years to say that she's a fashion icon? Because she's been wearing the same outfit since 1987 or whatever the fuck it was. Jesus, yeah, come well, on! Before that, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> so now it's it's just silly to me. It's just kind of like, well, what are we doing? But uh, so, I man, don't know. That's what we got today. Uh, yeah. So on, you know, on that doom and we, gloom we, we note, had a spectrum. To be honest, we kind of went up and down. There, well, we really you know, did. This was this was an emotional ride for for us. I think all the way through here, uh, <laughs> the good, the bad, and the ugly, and the somewhat questionable for sure. Uh, but yeah. always, thanks for listening. If you've got any thoughts, comments, or anything that you'd like to share about this, if you think we're not being understanding enough, we're way too white for the takes we're taking, or way too male, please let us know. <laughs> I'm happy to hear it because it's sometimes good to check my own privilege. And otherwise. Uh, thanks for listening and I hope you all have a good one.